Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Christians Today is the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October. It's written by Lutheran layman Dr. Stephen Saunders, professor of psychology at Marquette University. Martin Luther on Mental Health is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or learn more at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October, Martin Luther on Mental Health. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed well, what if God appeared to you in a dream and said, Tell me what you want. What shall I give you? How would you respond? Well, God did appear to Solomon in a dream early in his kingship, early in his reign, and ask that very question. So how did Solomon answer that question? And what did God give him in answer to that question? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us for a Sunday School lesson on Solomon praying for wisdom, Pastor Tom Baker. He's host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday School teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome. Uh, Thank you. Why did God come to King Solomon in a dream? God had something to tell to Solomon, and a lot of times, particularly in the Old and the New Testament, God will come through dreams or visions. He did that for John in the book of Revelation. John had this vision and wrote the book of Revelation. So also here, Solomon had been doing sacrifices at Gibeon, and that was a place that God came to him when he fell asleep, and he appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and he had a question for Solomon. The question is, of course, what shall I give you? How did Solomon answer? Yes. Solomon begins by answering the way the Lord's Prayer does, giving characteristics of God. You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son, which of course is Solomon, to sit on the throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child, and I do not know how to go out or come in. Now Solomon isn't talking about his age, because earlier he had already got a wife from the daughter of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. But he was a child because he did not know how to go in or come out. He didn't know how to rule the people. And he says, you have chosen a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Therefore, now Solomon is asking for himself, give your servant 
and understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this your great people? How did God respond to Solomon's request for wisdom? Well, there are many times that you may be asking God for something, and a lot of times it's because you desire it for yourself. But God says, Solomon, because what you have asked for, you have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. And so I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. So not only does Solomon receive an answer positively about asking for God's wisdom, but he also receives riches, a good reputation, and a long life. You mentioned there that he says, if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, I will lengthen your days. In the end, did Solomon continue in God's commandments? Unfortunately, he did not, unlike David. In fact, he built the temple he dedicated the temple and had a benediction over it. But then, particularly in chapter 11, it's entitled, Solomon Turns from the Lord. Solomon had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. And those wives turned away his heart from the true God, and his heart went after other gods. It was not wholly true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. He even built idols for his wives, which of course is terrible. And so, unlike David, who after his sin with Bathsheba repented, and was pretty blameless from there on. No, Solomon fell away from the Lord. Why did Solomon go before the Ark of the Covenant after this dream? Well, after that, he had been worshiping at Gibeon. That was the place for offering. In fact, he would offer a thousand burnt offerings at Gibeon. But then after he came to Jerusalem after the dream, 
he stood before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and there he offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. And that would be in thankfulness to the reply that God had made to Solomon in the dream. How is Proverbs 3 related to this account of Solomon? Yeah, Proverbs 3 is really wonderful because the book of Proverbs was primarily, except for some passages at the end, written by Solomon himself. And a proverb is a concise, vivid statement designed to teach wisdom. And wisdom is better than intelligence. Wisdom is practical truth revealed by God. It just so happens that one of the churches I'm serving, I've been going through the book of Proverbs for about four months now on a Sunday morning. And I'll tell you, when I read the book of Proverbs, a lot of times I don't understand what Solomon is saying. I have to go to the original Hebrew or the Greek or take a look at the context of the culture of that day because the wisdom of God is really, really tremendous. And Proverbs was primarily written by Solomon for his son. In fact, at the beginning of chapter one, hear my son, your father's instruction. And at chapter two, my son, if you receive my words, and treasure them up. Then, chapter 3, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Because that's what Solomon discovered early in his kingdom. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's really the critical point of Proverbs because as we read in a reading from last week, the ways of God are not our ways. His will is not our way. We have to therefore have it revealed to us and that's what the Bible does, not only in the book of Proverbs, but throughout the scripture. Every time Jesus is talking, he's revealing the will of God to us and indicating what is a life of wisdom. And it's not just keeping the commandments, but it's also doing a lot of other things. Like last week, we were looking at it. And he says, if you have a good friend, do not make your foot really going to his house often, for he will get to the point where he will be tired of you coming so often. And so there's tons and tons 
of wisdom from God himself in the book of Proverbs as to how we are to relate to one another and truly follow the summary of the second part of the commandments. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Pastor Tom Baker is our guest. We're teaching a Sunday school lesson on Solomon praying for wisdom. In verse 11 of Proverbs 3, it talks about the chastening and correction of the Lord. We'll see what that means next. Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Christians Today, is the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October. It's written by a Lutheran layman, Dr. Stephen Saunders, professor of psychology at Marquette University. Martin Luther on Mental Health is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or learn more at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October, Martin Luther on Mental Health. Deaconesses are women trained to share the gospel of Jesus Christ through works of mercy, spiritual care, and teaching of the Christian faith. The word deaconess means servant. Find out more on how you can serve in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod through the vocation of deaconess at lcms.org deaconess. Working in faith, laboring in love, remaining steadfast in the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. LCMS Deaconess Ministry lcms.org slash deaconess. Grace, faith, scripture, and Christ alone. You're listening to Issues Etc. Pumpkin spice flavored everything is in the air. It's the perfect time of year to curl up with a nice warm beverage using one of Ad Crucem's mugs, featuring your favorite Lutheran symbols, Bible verses, or Christian humor. For example, Jesus' personality type is INRI. St. Paul is the patron saint of the run-on sentence. And of course, chancel culture is practiced here. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com. Stephen Saunders tracks the trajectory of sound mental health care from Scripture to Luther to our day. This gem of a book will be an asset to pastors, deaconesses, and Christians in general, both now and for years to come. That's Dr. Kevin Golden. He's Associate Professor of Exegetical Theology at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. And he's talking about the issues, etc., Book of the Month for October, Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Christians Today. You'll find it at our website, issuesetc.org, or call Concordia Publishing House and order Martin Luther on Mental Health, 1-800-325-3040, 1-800-325-3040. We're teaching a Sunday School lesson with Pastor Tom Baker of Law and Gospel, Solomon, praying for wisdom. What is this chastening and correction of the Lord that's mentioned in Proverbs 3, verse 11, Tom? Yes. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. Now, when you read that, you may not understand what God is saying. So you use the Lutheran principle of understanding one passage by looking at another passage. In other words, you look at the context. Sometimes you only need to go. Well, the next verse, other times the next chapter, or elsewhere in the Bible. 
So when he says, don't be weary of my reproof, he explains what he means in verse 12. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. Can you imagine a parent not disciplining their child, born with original sin, and often in rebellion against what the parents want? The son needs to be taught how to behave properly from God's point of view of wisdom. And sometimes that takes reproof. Uh, It's not a punishment for the sin because you will never be punished in heaven for any of your sins. But it can be a negative consequence of your sin here on earth. And the reason God does this is like a father. He so loves the son that he wants the son to behave according to God's will. And so therefore, that's what verse 11 is talking about, a loving God who wants you to obey him as Jesus obeyed the Father. How does Solomon in Proverbs 3 testify to Christ? When you read Proverbs 3, you realize that when he says, my son, this could be the father talking to Jesus himself, who did not forget his teaching. He kept his commandments. He had steadfast love, and he found favor, and in the sight of God and man, good success. He did not lean on his own understanding, but he followed the will of the Father many a time and thanked him for helping him do some of the miracles, such as the feeding of the 5,000 or the raising of Lazarus from the dead. He did not consider himself wise in his own eyes. And as part of the book of Philippians says, he did not just look out for his own self-interest by being obedient. He was always looking out in the interests of others. In fact, one of the hymns for this coming Sunday has the words, for you in it, 15 times in this hymn, because it's a way of reminding us that everything Jesus did was not for himself, it was for you, including his suffering and death on the cross to pay for our punishment of sin so that heaven will be our home also. Where should the Sunday school children then look for God's wisdom? Well, we don't tell a child, go home and sleep tonight, and whatever you have in a dream, that's fine. I really enjoy nightmares. And the reason I do is when I wake up, they're not true. So I feel real good about that. Things that are happening bad in my dreams aren't happening to me in real life. So where do we tell the children to go? 
It's called the means of grace, the means by which God influences us to follow his will, to receive the wisdom from above. That word wisdom is always the wisdom of Jesus Christ in the book of Proverbs because we find Jesus' words throughout the Old Testament as well as the New Testament and even after his resurrection. That's where the wisdom comes from. And that's why parents should be bringing their children to church, to Sunday school, to vacation Bible school, reading Luther's small catechism to them at home, going over Bible verses like my parents did after dinner each evening. We'd go over a Bible verse and my dad would ask us questions. They were very easy questions if we would only listen to him, but we got to know the Bible very well. And therefore, when I went to certain schools where I was listening to false teachers, I did not believe at all what they had to say because what they were saying was contrary to God's holy word. So that's what we tell children. Look for God's wisdom in holy scripture, in your devotions, in worship. Listen to the sermon and many other times when the word of God is taught. Finally, what's the law and gospel of this lesson? The law is that we are simply, when we are born with original sin, we're unwise to figure out what God is like and what his will for us are. We need to have it revealed to us. And that's what the gospel does. Jesus can be considered wisdom personified. And the wisdom that you get from God the Father, God the Son, and through the reception of the Holy Spirit is a wisdom that cannot be found in any other religion of the world, but is only found in faithful Christianity and in faithful Christians. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. Thank you. In Hour 2 of Issues Etc. on this Wednesday, October the 4th, we'll be responding to your unanswered Bible questions with Pastor Brian Ketchelmeyer and Pastor Brian Wolfmiller. We'll begin with the question about Christ's incarnation. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, IssuesETC.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.